You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to achieve two things this morning. The first is I want your faith to rise. And the second is I would like us to pray. And I want your faith to rise because when believers gather, things happen. Hallelujah. And I like to emphasize that things are not happening only because there is an anointed man of God before you. Things happen because you have anointed brothers and sisters beside you. And so when we hold hands to pray, things happen. I want your faith to rise this morning. Hallelujah. James chapter 5 verse 16. What I want to do is a very short charge and then we would pray. Actually, this is a prayer service, a believer's meeting. So I will just teach the word of God for what? 20, 30 minutes? And then we will spend some ample time holding hands together and praying and praying the Lord told me that because of the prayers that we would pray today a lot of long standing issues will get results and a lot of prayer requests on people's hearts things that you've not even thought to voice out in the prayer time your brothers and sisters will by the Spirit, call out those things and give you solutions to them. So I want you to be expectant for what God can and will do because this is your service. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? All right, James chapter 5 verse 16. Everybody read. um, Media team, could you put up the amplified version? Do you have that? If you have that, please, can we have the amplified version? All right, everybody read um, James chapter 5, verse 16. It's up on the screen. One, two, go. It says, confess to one another, therefore, your faults, which is your sleeps, your false steps, your offenses, and your sins. And pray also for one another that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. Now, this is where I want us to pay attention to. Everybody read one together. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer makes, which is dynamic and it's working. The earnest, we've done a commentary on this verse of scripture during this prayer series, right? We talked about the first part of this prayer, of this verse of scripture when I was talking about um, priorities in prayer. But now I want to dwell on the second part. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man. It says, it makes tremendous power available, which is dynamic in its workings. I like the fact that James says, the power of God is dynamic in its workings. You see, a lot of people don't understand how God's power works. A lot of people think that there are different departments of power when it comes to God's power. 
And so the Department of Power that is associated with favor and getting a new job is different from the Department of Power that is associated with the healing. And then there's a different Department of Power associated with the deliverance and so on. Power is power. Do you understand? It's dynamic in its workings, which means in whatever situation that we direct the power, the power will produce the commensurate result in that situation. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the same power that it takes to heal a headache is the same power that it takes to open doors that have been closed for years. Power is power. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. And he says, when we pray, he says, it makes tremendous power available. I've heard people say a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. I don't agree. You see, every Christian has in him, resting inside of him, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was now form and void, and darkness covered over, um, was over the surface of the deep. Then the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. Then God said, the same Spirit that acted upon the Word of God lives inside of you. The creative agency of God's Word, the efficacy of God's Word, it lives inside of you. So there is no such thing as a powerless Christian. The moment you gave your life to Christ or received the life of Christ, however you want to put it, you received the Holy Ghost, is that? correct and when you received the holy ghost you received all of god's power in you so a prayerless christian is not a powerless christian a prayerless christian is one who doesn't know how to tap into the deposits the resources that are deep within him no such thing as a powerless christian a man of god told a story one time of the crisis in kaduna and how there was this man who was a generous man, but he was a Christian. And he had this friend of his who was a Muslim. He used to sell suya in front of his house. In fact, the man set up the suya spot for him. And so the crisis began. And um, this man went to hide his family inside his house. And this, he, they suddenly heard a mob coming down the street towards him. He looked out of the gate and he saw the leader that the leader of this mob was that his very friend, the one he set up a suya spot for. And so what he did was he thought, oh, if this is my friend, the one I've helped so much, if he's the one marching towards me, I will, nothing will happen to me. They will come to me and because we have a rapport, he will just pass over. And this his friend walked up to him, lifted up a knife and killed him. And when people went to retrieve the body, they found a gun inside this man's body, fully loaded. He never drew the weapon. Was he powerless all through? No. He just didn't use what was at his disposal. Many believers are like that. You have a loaded weapon inside of you. You never use it. Listen, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not guns and knives. It says, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. It says, casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So, you have all it takes to resist the devil. This is why when you read Paul's writings and Peter's writings, they don't suggest resisting the devil as though pray to God and he will help you. It says resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's an instruction. It's something you can and should do. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man, he says, makes tremendous power available. 
That power was inside, but when we prayed, we made it available. We presented it. So when they say, what do you bring to the table? You say, I brought power. I came with power. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. Yes. It's, you are not ordinary. You didn't just come with your words. Mm. You came, Paul says, the words I speak to you, they're not in enticing words of men's wisdom. They're in demonstrations of spirit and power. So when we are talking, we're not just, we're not bringing nice sounding phrases to, to rhyme and make you think that we can speak good. No, no, no. We are doing demonstrations of spirit and power. When we pray, there is power. We're not just speaking words. We are releasing power. We must learn that your, you, you must learn that your prayer is, is effective. It, it has power. Praise the Lord. Listen, many of us will like to look to God as a last resort. Have you ever walked into all those buildings, those company buildings, those corporate spaces where there's usually a fire alarm inside of a glass case? Then they write us up in case of emergency, break glass. We treat prayer like that. We treat God that way. In case of emergency, break glass. So we flip the alarm. So we wait till it gets absolutely bad before we start praying. Yeah, this one is bad. I must pray now. You don't understand. Why wait? Why? Why wait? But this is not, this is, this is not even what I want to focus on this morning. I want to talk about the power of corporate prayers. It seems to me, when you read through scripture, it would seem as if God didn't design his children to solve problems alone. When you read through scripture, whenever there was a problem, it was almost as if God never raised one man and said, you, one man, stand up and pray about this problem. He always raised a community. You see, because there's something that happens. I, I, I think I said this last week. When we pray, the result is not arithmetic. When we pray in numbers, the result is not arithmetic. It's geometric. If Saul chased 1,000, David would chase his 10,000. Do you get what I'm saying? If one person is chasing 1,000, two together, they'll chase 10,000, not 2,000. So there is this multiplied effect that a corporate prayer gives to the power of God that is released. Do you hear what I'm saying? There is a multiplied effect that corporate prayer, praying together, not just praying with your friends, that is good, but coming together as a body and praying together, there is a multiplied effect that it gives. I'm telling you, if the body of Christ stands up and prays together on one matter, we would see results that will shock everybody. And the devil knows this. So he brings these petty dissensions in the body. I'm Anglican. I'm Catholic. I, I follow Pastor Chris. I'm for Circle Church. I'm for Celebration Church. Petty dissensions. So when one person organizes a global prayer time, we all feel like, oh no, we shouldn't all pray together with that person. That's not our church. There is a place to draw the line. We are loyal to the body of Christ first. Before we are loyal to the local assembly we belong to. 
And so when loyalty to the local assembly is demanded, yeah. But when there is an issue that the body of Christ needs to pray about, we must lend our voices. Because there's a multiplying effect that corporate praying gives. It's God's will. You read Esther, Esther chapter 4 verse 16. And I went back to Esther because I want to show you this isn't a New Testament concept. Amen. It has been like that from the Old Testament. Esther 4 16. It says, this was when Esther found out that there was somebody who was actively trying to kill her people. Esther Esther didn't sit down and cry like some people will do. Esther didn't just say, oh, I'm afraid, like some people will do. Listen, it's okay to feel, you know, devastated about situations. It's okay to feel sad about situations. It's okay, feel sad. But don't stay sad. When you finish, call one, two, three, four, five people. Say, can we gather together? Hold hands together and deal with this thing. Esther says, go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Says, don't eat or drink for three days, night and day. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king, even if it's against the law. If I perish, I perish. Listen. This person was about to upturn a decree, a, a governmental decree that affected her people. She knew more than to just strategize and say, okay, the king, his best food is this. If I just cook this food while he's eating it, I will now present my case. No, no. There's a wisdom of man and there's a wisdom of God. And the truth is this, the wisdom of man will always bow to the wisdom of God. Your strategies are good, but they're not enough. This lady knew. So she said, gather all the Jews you can find. We're going to fast and pray. When was the last time something was happening to your friend? And instead of saying, hey, yeah, it is well. You told your friend, you said, this thing is getting out of hand. Let us fast and pray about this matter. When you look at Acts chapter 4. I think it's, it's verse 31. No, 24. Give me Acts 4, 24. Let me show you something. Um, go back to 21, please. Now, look at this. This happened. Peter and John, they had just healed the man at the beautiful gate. And they were going back. And the whole of Israel followed them. And the Pharisees were angry. They arrested them. They flogged them and charged them. Don't ever preach in the name of Jesus. Now, this is what happened. After threatening them further, they released them. They found no way to punish them because the people were all giving glory to God over what had been done. Verse 22. For the man who was, or for the man was over 40 years old on whom this sign of healing had been performed. Verse 23. Everybody read 23 together. One, two, go. After they were released, they went to their own fellowship and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. After they were released, they went to their own fellowship. They didn't just go back and say, what kind of life is this? How is this happening to me? Why is this all? Mm -mm. You must have a fellowship. God didn't design the believer to do it alone. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. God did not design the believers to do it alone. You must have a, 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 you must have a group, a fellowship, a, a number of persons that you can, you know, when something like this happens to you, you go back and tell them, see what happened though. Can we pray about this? He says, they went back to their fellowship and reported all that the chief priest had said. Verse 24, this was the result. And when they had heard this, they didn't say, uh -uh. how can the chief priest do that? This country says there's no democracy in this country. Some of you, your friends table issues before you and you never think to pray about it. Your only, your only, um, the only thing you do is sympathy. Sympathy is good, but it doesn't solve problems. Do you hear what I'm saying? Sympathize, then get to work. Look, he says, when they heard this, they raised their voices to God unanimously and said, Master, you are the one who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And then they went on to pray and pray and pray. And after they called God and praised God and everything, they said, behold, these people's threatenings. Look at what they are saying. And grant us boldness that we may, by, in the name of your son, prophesy and speak about your son. And verse 31, this was the result. Verse 31, very quickly. He says, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak God's message with what? Boldness. Say power. Power. When we pray together, when, when we gather together as a, as a body, when there, is, when there are seasons of corporate prayer, we would see seasons of release of God's power. Do you understand what I'm saying? The problem is, a lot of Christians, it's either you don't care, many Christians don't care enough to find results, or many Christians want to take soul glory for finding the results. Let me tell you, in the kingdom of God, there is no such word as independence. Did you hear what I'm saying? In the kingdom of God, in the economy of God, there is no such word as independence. Not once. It's not a concept God recognizes. Especially not for his children. If one will chase, chase 1,000, two must chase 10,000. There's no such thing as independence. You alone get it done alone. There might be times when God will call you into seasons of private and personal prayer. But guess what? Even in those seasons, you are not independent of other people's help. So there might be, he might call you into a season of private and personal prayer and ask you to watch somebody else. Say, look at this man's life. I want you to pray concerning what you see on his life. I, and I want you to convert what you see. So, there's nothing you got that you got independently that this one is my own anointing. It's me that did it. So, that idea that your prayer to solve your problems must be independent. That is, it must be by myself. I'm the only one that... Mm -mm. 
It is true that there are certain things that only you can pray for to see results. But even when you are praying for those things, you must involve other people. There are some things that other people cannot pray for you about. You must pray. But even in those seasons, you will still involve them to help you pray. Because there's such, there's such a statement as, I believe, help my own belief. Do you understand? There are seasons when you, you feel like you trust God and you know you do. And you know that that should be enough. But somehow you also know that I don't trust God enough for this thing. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You believe he can. It's not like you don't believe he can. You believe he can. But you know that ah, I don't believe enough. I'm, I'm not yet there yet. And so you will need somebody else to take your hand and help you. No such thing as independence. When it comes to Christianity, the corporate way is the way to go. Ever noticed? Even if you are struggling with your prayer life, when you come to church, we tell you hold hands with three or four people around you, you pray. <laughs> it's true, you pray. When you come for the camp meeting, for instance, or you come for a prayer meeting that we organize, and we say, okay, we're praying for two hours, even if you've never done it before. Two hours, you'll pray the two hours. Three hours, you'll pray it. Even if you've never done it before. When you're done, you'll be shocked. <laughs> I did this thing. Why? Because there is a power. That when it comes to, when we pray together, the result is multiplied. It is true. There's such a thing as a corporate anointing. Did you hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Ah, yes. So, be sure to not get carried away thinking, I can do it by myself. I just need to take some more time to pray. Especially when you are a prayerful person. There's a matter, you've been praying about it. You've been praying about it. Nothing is happening. You've been praying about it. Nothing is happening. It is foolishness to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. So what do you do? You call one, two, three, four people. You say, please, can we pray about this? Can we, can we talk to God about this, this, and this? Do you understand what I'm saying? If need be, can, can you go on a fast for me? Just two days. Let's fast together, please. Let's pray about this together, please. He says they went back to their own company. They went back to their own fellowship. And reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. No believer can survive without fellowship. Show me a person. And the devil is so smart. I've told you before. If it comes to strategy, you can't beat the devil. He has been doing it longer than you. Do you understand? He was doing it before Jesus was born. How do you want to beat that? How? So the devil being smart, he will infuse all these questions. He will tell you that, where does the Holy Ghost live? You say, inside me. And you know, the devil only defers to the truth when he wants to use it against you. He says, ah, are you not the son of God? Jump. In Psalm 91, David was writing. David said he will give his angels charge over you to bear you on their wings, to bear you in all their ways. On their wings will they bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. 
jump, the angels will carry you. And then you say, ah, there was a scripture quoted, that must be the Holy Spirit. This is why you must be skillful when it comes to discerning. The devil will tell you, where is the Holy Ghost? You say, inside me. You say, do you have a personal relationship with God? You say, yeah. So why do you need church? Then you're like, hmm. Deep. So when they see you outside, they'll ask you, what church do you go to? I'm a Christian and I don't go to church. And the person says, why don't you go to church? You say, well, I know you will not understand because your mind has not been opened. You need to understand that some opening of the mind is not healthy. Say, your mind has not been exposed. Say, but don't worry, one day you will see the light. Which light? The devil knows his strategy has always been the same. Isolate and conquer. Show me a man who successfully goes down that route and I will show you a man one year after who cannot identify his spirituality. You are confused. <laughs> it's either you've gone to the other extreme end and sin is dealing with you or you've gone to another extreme end where you now, you read all manner of materials, you consume all manner. Have you met people like that? That when they say some things to you, you, you wonder, brother, what are you reading? And the thing is, they, they think they sound deep. And in my mind, the illustration is, you know these people that just wear clothes, plenty colors, then think they look fine. You don't know you are looking like a walking mistake. You are looking like a disaster moving down the street. Many people, they just interact. Listen, this is important. They interact with all types of materials because they refuse to go to church. Listen, your safety as a believer is found in fellowship. The fact that you can have a vision from the pit of hell, because not every vision is from God. You can have a vision from the pit of hell. Wake up, shouting, Rema, Rema, Rema. And then you tell your brother, your brother say, keep quiet, don't say it outside, keep quiet. <laughs> quiet, the devil, the devil is using you. It's true. Fellowship is important. We must have people. We must, nobody was, ex, was created to exist alone. We must have people who we defer to. People who anchor us and tether us to the truth. Do you understand? When we need people to pray with, they are there. They are holding you, supporting you. They are your structure. And you will do the same for them. Don't be the kind of believer that you can call three people and say, please pray for me. But when they call you to pray for you, I will pray for you. You won't pray. I'm praying for you, brother. We are not doing anything. Do you hear what I'm saying? No believer was designed to be isolated. So the devil knows this. So what will he do? Notice that the devil didn't tempt Eve when Adam was there. He didn't. Because if Adam was there, Adam would now say, but Eve, hold on. This thing, this thing is saying makes some sense. But you remember when God said... The devil cannot bear opposing ideas. He can't. He can't deal with it. 
So once the truth, that's why the Bible says, light will shine in darkness, and darkness, it, it cannot comprehend it. It, it, can't, it can't hold on to it. it. There's no argument. It says, I'm giving you a mouth and a wisdom that your enemies can neither gainsay nor resist. So, the technology of the spirit is that when the devil comes with his contradictory ideas, there should be other voices around you that would present the truth in such a way that those contradictory ideas now begin to become, they look watery to you. You see, because many people don't understand the power of focus. And the devil knows the power of focus. Eve, on a normal day, didn't see anything in that fruit. And I don't think it was a physical fruit, but it's an allegory, so let's use it. She didn't see anything in that fruit that, the, that God said they shouldn't eat. She passed that tree every day. Never once did she stop and say, ah, this fruit is looking fine. Never once until the devil said, come, look at this fruit well. Do you know that if you eat this fruit, you'll be as wise as God. You will know good from evil. Eat it. And the Bible says, and immediately her eyes were opened. And she saw that the fruit was desirous to make one wise. The devil knows the power of focus. So many times when the devil is tempting you, he will get you to focus so much on what he's saying that you don't see any other options. That's why you need fellowship. You need other people who don't see the sense in what you are seeing. So when you say, they'll say, oh God, calm down, calm down, calm down. What are you saying? If that works for ideas, think of what it does in prayer. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. He, he, he didn't mean that Oh, okay, if, if um, one person calls on him, he will not answer. No, that's not what he meant. He meant that when two or three people gather, in his name there is not in the name of Jesus we have prayed. In his name was gathering with one purpose. Do you understand? Being in one, when, when we gather in unity, we find results. So there are some things that... I, I like how the Bible gives us some details that we might think unimportant until you think about it deeply. How that the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, that all the disciples were gathered in one accord. So they, they gathered in unity with oneness of mind. Then the Holy Spirit came. Brothers and sisters, we can achieve so much if we unite. Do you hear what I'm saying? If we unite, if we take time to hold hands and pray, there's nothing we cannot do. And this is the interesting thing. When we gather, the Holy Spirit's gifts are available. I quoted this, I've been quoting this scripture throughout this prayer series, 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Let's finally look at it. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Everybody read together. One, two, go. How is it then, brothers? Whenever you come together, each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, another language, or an interpretation. It says all things must be done. When we gather, the Holy Spirit is there with his gifts. So as we are like this now, 
we can pass this microphone around and believe you me, even if you've never done it before, every one of us has a sound. So you have something that the Holy Ghost wants to do for the body of Christ. So imagine gathering every day. How can we miss direction when we gather? How? The early church understood the importance of this. They needed to open up missions. They didn't just say, hmm, you can speak Yoruba. We will send you to Yoruba speaking states. That is human wisdom. What did they do? Acts 13.1. Some prophets and teachers gathered together and they prayed. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, there's something that I know for sure. That when we gather together and when we pray together, direction must be given. It must. It must. Never see as ordinary the gathering of believers. Never. So, we may have gathered for, let me tell you how serious this is. We may have gathered here to play games. But when we gather like this, in one accord, the spirit is there with his gifts. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, we may be playing games, having fun, and then the Holy Ghost will just change the atmosphere. Words begin to flow. People begin to have words of knowledge for one another. We did it on Wednesday, on Thursday. Took time, prayed together. If you have a word, share. This one will share the word. Three other people in the room will confirm. Oh yeah, the Holy Ghost said that to me too. Yeah. That's how it should be. That's what a believer's meeting should look like. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what a believer's meeting should look like. When we gather together, power is made available. And let us not fall for the deception that the days of miracles are past. Did you hear what I'm saying? We are, the Bible days are not behind us. We are a continuation of the Bible days. Did you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, we are a continuation of the book of Acts. It's not behind us. Do you hear what I'm saying? So, we too can gather together like they did in Acts chapter 4. And when we pray, the place will shake. We too can gather together like they did in Acts chapter 13. And when we pray, the Holy Ghost will say, Oh, glory to God. We have the same spirit of God within us. Paul, the apostle, did not receive Holy Ghost Pro Max. And then you, Holy Ghost SE. No, we have the same, I want, I want that to be, would you just take one minute to meditate on that? I have the exact same Holy Ghost that Paul the Apostle had. What? The same one that Peter had. What? So when we gather like this, we're, we're not ordinary people. Say, so just go for service. No. We didn't just go for service. Don't come here thinking you don't have anything to offer. Listen, forever, because you are a believer, whenever they ask you, what do you bring to the table? You say, I bring power. I bring raw power. I have it. I have it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready to pray this morning? Yes, sir. Stand to your feet.
Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.